Good morning, Boker Tov. Buenos dias. Sabah lecher. This is Shana Folds here with the Israel Daily News Podcast, the only English daily news podcast coming out of Tel Aviv. I'm here to give you the headlines so you can get caught up quickly. Today is Thursday, September 17th, 2020, which means we have a special report at the end of the show. Here's a hint. It has to do with the Jewish New Year. Let's get to the news. Cases of coronavirus are breaking records each and every day here in Israel. The latest figure of 5,510 people with the virus was reported just a day ago, and the death toll reached 1,165 with 13 new deaths in the last day. With the infection rate at just about 10%, one out of 10 people tested in the past days has the virus. Wednesday, Professor Roni Gamzu, who's taking charge on the coronavirus regulations in Israel, said the infection rate has risen by 5% for school-aged children between 10 and 19. A lockdown is going into effect Friday at 2 p.m. Israel time. It was initially supposed to last three weeks in order to bring the number of infections down to 1,000 per day. But according to a government statement reviewed by the Times of Israel, the lockdown looks like it is going to be open-ended. Meanwhile, the list of green and red countries that Israelis can return from without having to enter a quarantine has been changed. Austria, Croatia, Hungary, and Slovenia have been moved from the green list to the red list. And Cuba, Iceland, Serbia, and Seychelles have been moved onto the green list. If you don't know about Seychelles, it's a French pronunciation for the cluster of 115 islands that make up the republic in the Indian Ocean off the eastern coast of Africa. The health ministry here in Israel is continuously checking countries' statuses and deciding which list that country will be on, whether red or green, and they encourage travelers to review the list frequently. Countries on the green list that are going onto the red list will have a four-day window to give Israelis time to come back to the country without needing to do the quarantine. So if you are somewhere that has been moved from green to red, you've got four days to book yourself a flight back. Otherwise, you'll have to quarantine upon arrival. Countries currently in the green are Canada, Italy, Estonia, Bulgaria, the United Kingdom, Georgia, Germany, Denmark, Hong Kong, Greece, Jordan, Latvia, Lithuania, New Zealand, Finland, Cyprus, Rwanda, Australia, Uruguay, the United Arab Emirates, Ireland, Taiwan, Norway, Singapore, Portugal, and Thailand. Ben-Gurion Airport will still be operating during the next few weeks of lockdown, although it will only be serving those who already purchased flights. If you're headed for the airport, make sure to fill out a health declaration online because you'll need it to enter the terminal. Some countries require a negative coronavirus test in order to make it into the country, so be sure to check that out. The Israeli Flying Aid NGO is packing up a plane full of humanitarian aid and sending it back to where it came from, Chad. The NGO's founder, Gal Luski, said the first ever military cargo flight from the Central African nation flew over Sudanese airspace last night to make it to the Holy Land and pick up resources. 
Sudan is one of the Muslim majority countries that are slated to make peace with Israel. And Chad, the country that's getting this shipment of resources, reestablished ties with Israel in 2019 after 46 years. In 1972, the country severed its ties. Both the governments from Sudan and Chad cooperated with Israel's prime minister's office to make this flight happen. On board was 12,000 tents to help homeless people whose homes were flooded out during a mass rain in August. The organization is also donating protective gear to help maintain medical personnel's safety while treating people with COVID-19 in the country. They're also sending over gear to help spray pesticides that kill mosquitoes that are carrying malaria. I want to follow up here with a quick update to a story I brought you earlier in the week about an Israeli who just got served three life sentences for torching the house of a Palestinian family in the West Bank, killing two parents, their 18-month-old son, and leaving behind little five-year-old Ahmed to be an orphan. Well, the accomplice in the 2015 event, an unnamed minor, is serving 42 months for coming up with the plot together with Amiran ben Uliel, who single-handedly carried out the event, throwing Molotov cocktails and igniting fires onto two homes. The second home was empty. The young man will only serve out another 10 months behind bars, as was recently decided by the court. He already served 32 months behind bars between 2015 and the present time. It is unclear whether the minor decided not to participate in the event after discussing it in depth and scouting out the Arab village with Uliel, or if he just overslept and missed the scheduled time. The International Criminal Court yesterday finally, after three tries, closed the Flotilla war crimes case, which questioned a 2010 incident at sea in which Turkey lost 10 citizens during a clash with IDF commandos. Humanitarian groups insisted on breaking into Gaza via the Mediterranean Sea. They had ships full of aid and construction materials. Israel told the groups that they would see their entrance as a provocation and that they needed to abort their mission. Nevertheless, the fleet entered the area and the IDF boarded their ships via speedboats and helicopters. They wanted the ships to redirect to an Israeli port. On board, a group of 40 armed passengers out of 590 passengers became tense and one seized the gun of an IDF commando. That's when things became violent. Nine Turkish operators were killed and one died later in the hospital. Ten Israeli commandos were injured during the incident. The international court, after being pressured by groups acting on behalf of the Palestinians to revisit the case, decided Israeli legal proceedings that had reviewed the case afterwards had done an adequate job, that the ICC usually handles mass genocide, and this case had too few deaths to continue, and that the courts in Spain, the UK, Sweden, and Germany all dismissed the case years ago. The judge also noted the efforts of the IDF to get medical help to those injured during the scuffle. So again, after three tries, the case is finally getting put to rest. I already gave you a handful of stories today, but I just want to squeeze in two more quick ones, if you'll allow me. Nas Daily is officially on the boycott list for BDS. Their website has asked Arab content creators not 
to work with him because he promotes normalization with Israel. Nas Daily is his stage name, but 28-year-old Nusser Yassin, a Palestinian-Israeli from the Lower Galilee region of Israel, has made millions traveling the globe and posting one-minute videos about his adventures on Facebook. He's now opening a school that will have Israeli trainers and Arab content creators working and learning together. He says... Most Jews and Arabs want peace and that we shouldn't let a few bad apples spoil the bunch. And now for the last quick one before our special report. Fauda is coming back for a fourth season. Thank God I consumed season three all in one week when I was covering the launch of the third season months ago. I'm already ready for season four. We heard from their creator, Avi Isakharov, last week for the 50th episode of the Israel Daily News podcast. He gave us a shout out and a warm note for Rosh Hashanah. You can go back to last Monday if you want to hear from him. Netflix picked up this show in 2016, and it's since been an inspiration for programs around the world, including a Bollywood adaptation done in India with the conflict set between India and Pakistan. Well, we wish the Fauda team success in season four as they are our friends and they do a great action-packed series. Now for the special report. If you don't know, tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the start of the Jewish New Year, which while it marks the New Year, the New Year is actually sort of a month-long celebration for Jews, which includes Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and finishes out with Simchat Torah, a holiday where we celebrate finishing reading the Torah and starting it all over again if you see Jews in the streets holding the Bibles over their heads in a singing circle, dancing in circles, you'll know that that is the holiday of Simchat Torah for me and the rest of the Jewish world. This time has been challenging. It is one of the most joyous holidays of the year, and we can't freely visit our families due to COVID-19. And in Israel, we're all celebrating in our homes with people who live in our homes or right next door due to a lockdown. Rosh Hashanah is a two-day holiday, and it goes from sundown Friday until sundown Sunday. It's celebrated with festive meals, apples and challah bread dipped in honey to signify a sweet new year, and pomegranates, which are in season and growing on the trees in Tel Aviv. It is beautiful to see these fruits hanging low. To give us a warm message, we'll hear from the world-famous Rabbi Shmuley Boteach. He's known as America's Rabbi. He now lives between Israel and the United States, and he loves Rosh Hashanah. He joins us for the show from his home in New Jersey. Thanks for having me on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Shana Tovah to everybody. And Chag Sameach. Rabbi, thank you for speaking with us. Okay, so before we get to Rosh Hashanah, I have to ask, I'm a journalist, I have to ask this question. I know you were invited to the Abraham Accords signing at the White House, marking peace between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain. Can you tell us about this? Uh, the Abraham Accords were a miracle to see to our governments, uh, Bahrain, UAE, acknowledge Israel, make peace with Israel, uh, declare they're going to be exchanging ambassadors, opening embassies. Uh, it was almost a little sprinkling of messianic times where peace will dominate the earth, God willing. That's so awesome. What is something unique about Rosh Hashanah that most people don't think about, but you find beautiful? What I love most about Rosh Hashanah is bringing the family together, being with my, uh, my wife, my children, my grandchildren, 
blowing the chauffeur, a wake-up call to trying to be a better person, and um, being able to explain the prayers to the people who pray with us. Rosh Hashanah, what I think is beautiful that people often don't focus on is the actual chauffeur itself, that it's a ram's horn, that it's supposed to indicate the ram connected to the sacrifice of Isaac and how Abraham was prepared to sacrifice all for God's sake. So... How can people really connect to the new year this year, though they're experiencing this completely unusual situation in, during this time of COVID-19? The way I think that we all can connect uh, this year during COVID-19 is, of course, if you go to synagogue, you have to make sure that there's social distancing, that there's masks, that it's safe. Outdoors is always the best. It should be outdoors. Um, and for those who can't go to synagogue, and I have relatives in Australia who can't go to synagogue right now, because all the shuls in Melbourne are going to be closed uh, and people are going to be um, confined to their homes. Um, You still have your family around you because you're quarantined with your family, and that's what's important. So tell us about the pomegranate. It's filled with 613 seeds. That's the number of commandments the Jewish people have from God. Why is this significant? Pomegranate represents something which is completely covered by so many seeds that it's like the mitzvot. We're supposed to be people who have an infinite number of good deeds under our belt. So we should be moli mitzvot kirimon. We should be filled, uh, we should fill our lives like a pomegranate with good deeds and mitzvot. Uh, And my message for this year, of course, is that we should all be healthy and that the global pandemic of the coronavirus should be banished from the earth and we should all be able to hug each other and laugh together and say l'chaim together. Um, And my wish, of course, is for peace on earth. God bless you all. Thanks so much, Rabbi Boteach and Mazel Tov on the engagement of your daughter. All right. Well, that's it for today's news. Today is Thursday, September 17th. We have a high of 32 degrees Celsius and a low of 24 degrees in this central city. That's 76 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 89 degrees Celsius in Tel Aviv. I want to tell everyone to have a happy holiday. Chag Sameach, as we say in Hebrew. I was feeling a little down yesterday because the beaches are going to be closed to swimmers in the coming weeks and... That's one of my most treasured places where I go when I need to reboot and recalibrate. Well, I went there. I got in some time. I'll be going there again today to say goodbye. I'll be celebrating the holiday with friends instead of family this year. And yesterday I had a call with a friend and she reminded me of something. We have to embrace our new reality. Take our friends and neighbors as our families. And don't think of the what if or how you usually celebrate. This isn't a usual time, and it shouldn't be compared to usual times. So celebrate in the best, most fun way that you know how, because you'll never forget these times as long as you live. We are living history, my friends. Tonight on Money and Culture, you can catch me live on Facebook with famous celebrity chef and cookbook writer, Adina Sussman. We met in the market here in Tel Aviv. She actually stopped me when she heard me talking about my podcast. So we're going to bring her on to tonight's show. Also, we have a great story about how everything flipped upside down in terms of how Jews celebrated Rosh Hashanah the year after the Holy Temple was destroyed in Jerusalem. Tuvia Book, 
will be with us for that special Rosh Hashanah report. Imagine that you make a pilgrimage every year to the Beit HaMikdash or the Great Holy Temple in Jerusalem to celebrate your holidays and all of a sudden those walls come tumbling down. What do you do? It reminds me a little bit of what's going on with the Jews right now. That's going to be very interesting. So see you tonight at 8.30 p.m. my time and 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live on Facebook for that report. You can find me on Facebook. Tomorrow, my weekly news wrap comes out with all the notes from this week. So sign up by finding the link in the show notes to get your need-to-know and interesting-to-know Israel stories from the week. Thanks for getting caught up with me. And don't forget... Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. Today, I'll send you off with Kinematov by Yehuda Glantz. That means, hear how good it is. You can hear Yehuda Glantz playing his charango, which is a South American instrument. He's Israel's ambassador of Hebrew Latino music. Shana Tova Metuka, have a sweet new year and a fabulous weekend. הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבת אחים גם יחד. הנה הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבת אחים גם יחד. הנה הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבת אחים גם יחד. הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבת אחים גם יחד. הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבת אחים גם יחד. הנה הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבת אחים גם יחד. Oh, oh, oh.